Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we're continuing our devotional study series in the book of Psalms. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham. And we'd love for you to join us over there. Carrying on through Psalms. So carrying on in the book of Psalms. So this morning, we're going to be in Psalm 115. So if you do have your Bible, uh, then get to Psalm 115. It's one of my favorite Psalms. So Psalm 115, it was a hymn. It was a hymn that was sung by Israel in the congregation. And uh, this is what it says. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Because of your faithful love, because of your truth, why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. Those who make them are just like them, and all of those who trust in them. Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us, and he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord add to your numbers, both yours and your children's. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, nor any of those descending into the silence of death, but we will bless the Lord both now and forever. Hallelujah. I think the the real... Uh, heart of this psalm could be summed up in the in the phrase that we want our whole life to be about God, to be God oriented. So let's let's uh, go through the psalm and unpack uh, what's in there and, and you know find some real things that we can apply to our life. So I think I think the very first words really set the the image for the whole psalm, and it kind of uh, dictates where we're going to be going through as we go through it. So the first words, not to us. Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. I think that's that's really uh, it's it's a it's powerful, but it's also a challenge, because the challenge is, well, do we want the glory? And we will probably all say no, 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 no. But it is a challenge because I think often we would like uh, God to when we're praying to God, we'd like Him to raise us up or to do something for us, but we're saying no, God, to your name give glory? Do we want to see God glorified? Do we delight in seeing uh, God glorified? Is that what we ask of God? Lord, please glorify your own name. Because notice it says, give glory. To your name, give glory. You know, God is giving glory to himself, in other words. And uh, so I think that's, that's, that's wonderful, because as we begin the psalm, it's saying what we want more than anything is God to be glorified. That's what we want. That's what our heart's desire is, that God would be glorified more than anything else and then as it moves in it comes to a challenge why should the nations say where is their god so 
the the reason the nations are saying this is because they're looking at Israel. Israel doesn't seem to be in a in a very fit state at the moment, and they're saying, well, "Where's their god?" And back in the ancient world, every nation had its own god, and the prosperity or failure of a nation would be blamed on the god. They don't realize that in Israel, they don't simply have a god, but they believe in the god who created all heavens and earth. So he's not just their god; he's the whole earth's god. But they're looking and they're saying, what's happened, to, what's happened to Israel? Their God must be looking after them. But then we get this. Our God, he isn't in Israel. Our God is in the heavens. And he does whatever he pleases. This is the, the absolute sovereignty of God. He does what he wants. In other words, no one can look at God and say, why is he doing that? Because the answer is, he's doing whatever he wants. Which I think is a... Uh, it's kind of challenging for us to realize, to, to deal with that kind of, um, I suppose, bluntness of the Bible. That we don't just have a God who we can predict or uh, say, oh, he, he does this. Instead, we just have a God who does what he wants. So, as I say, the nations are looking in and rather than saying, why doesn't God do something about it? They don't, Israel don't turn and say, yeah, actually, God, why don't you do something about it? Instead, they say, do what you want. But the beautiful thing is, because we know what God is like, when God does what he wants, it's very good for us. Because what does God want? He delights to see his name glorified through saving his people. He delights to see himself glorified through pouring out his love on his people. So when we're giving that, that command, you know, uh, not the command, that the request, Lord, glorify your own name. Lord, do whatever you want. We're actually asking God to bless us by glorifying himself. And that's not to make it um, all about us. That's not at all what's going on. But rather, as God, um, if we want to see God glorified, then God delights to glorify himself through looking after his people. So it's not to say glorify God in order to get stuff. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying it's a delight to see God glorify himself. We're in good hands. We can say, God, do whatever you want. We can say God does whatever he pleases and know full well that's a very, very good thing. We're not saying, God, do whatever you please and then expect uh, God to abandon us or everything to go wrong. We're asking God to do what delights him. But what what God can do that all these other idols can't do, as we read, it says, their idols are silver and gold. They're made by human hands, unlike our God who's in the heavens. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell, hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. So these gods that they have are just statues and statues aren't good for having a relationship with. Statues can't do anything. A statue can't uh, tell the future like God can. A statue can't act in history like God can. A statue can't answer your prayers like God can. A statue can give you no promise that he will take you to the other side. But then something really profound gets said. It says, those who make them become like them. Those who worship a statue that cannot see or hear become spiritually deaf and blind. Those who go after things that are have no life in them lose all life in themselves. It's, and this is actually quite a powerful thing. In, in uh, Exodus, for instance, when Israel worshipped the golden calf, uh, after that, if you go back through and just notice... Israel are then described as though they're a cattle, a, a herd of cattle. It's like they've worshipped this golden calf and in worshipping it, this is what they're becoming like. 
they're just being uh, taken along like cattle. Now this is this is really profound, really. If you're thinking about this, you know, because if this is about you become what you worship, well, the main point of this psalm so far has been we worship the living God. We worship the God who can act. We worship the God who is mighty. And so if we're worshiping him, if we're worshiping the living God and we become like what we worship, the more we push into his presence, the more we go after him, the more we delight to see his glory, the more life we are walking into, the more living we become. We are grabbing life by the horns when we are uh, pushing into our relationship with God. We want to become more like him more like him and obviously for us we can say we have Jesus a person that we can look at and say that is who I want to be like I want to be like Jesus and so this this um, kind of comparison of their idols versus our God are supposed to say if you worship something that's dead you become more dead but if you worship the living God you are you are walking into more life you are becoming more alive than you've ever been before and so What's said after that is trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The living God can be your help and shield. An idol can't. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The living God can answer your prayers. The living God can act. Idols can't. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. We know that God can be our help because we know that God is alive. We know that God can be our shield because we know that God is mighty. The Lord will remember us and he will bless us. This is all obviously huge encouragements to us, but it comes from the beginning uh, verses where it says our God is in the heavens and he does what he pleases. He pleases to be our help and shield. He pleases to uh, it pleases him to remember his promises to us. It pleases him to glorify himself through being faithful to his people. And so we can say he is our help and shield. He won't let us go. We then read about the Lord adding to your numbers, both to yours and to your children's. May you be blessed by the Lord. The Lord delights to bless. It's it's a wonderful uh, a wonderful reality to know that we serve the God who is both all powerful, Almighty, who dwells in the heavens, who can do whatever He wants, and yet He delights to bless us. In fact, He promises to bless us. He is the living God, not an idol. We then read, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. Again, what a gift. That he's, he's, it's not saying it's no longer his, so we say, God, back off our turf, you gave it to us. It's more saying, he gave it to us to dwell in, so that we may know him. And then listen to this, this comes back to the idol thing. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, nor any of those descending into the silence of death. This is coming... Uh, off the back of the whole conversation about God being the living God and we become like him. It's not the dead who worship God, it's the living. What that means is, if you worship God, you can't be both dead and worshipping God. You think about Ephesians 2, where it talks about you were once spiritually dead. You, you cannot be a worshipper of God and still be dead on the inside. Even those who have died in the technical sense who worship the Lord, they're not dead. Jesus makes this point. He, he talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he says, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. They are alive now with God. It's not the dead who worship God. That's true both on this side and the other side of the grave. But we will bless the Lord both now and forever. Hallelujah. What a powerful psalm that is. 
The whole psalm focuses on this, this concept that worshipping God is the centre of our life. The glorifying God is the thing that we should move into. And as we move into that, we are becoming more like him. We, we want to serve him more. We want to say, Lord, do whatever you please, not to us, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be the glory. So the challenge for us is that let that be the, the call of our every day when things are going well for us, when things are going terribly for us, that we would say, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. That we would say, Lord, you're in the heavens, you do whatever you please, carry on doing that, carry on doing what pleases you, God. That's both, as I say, a, a, a challenge to us to to um, to claim that we're losing that control, to well, not that we ever had it, but to just to give things over to God. But it's also a huge encouragement, as I say, because the character of the God that we serve means that we can say, do whatever you please, and know that we're in very, very safe hands. So with that in mind, let's let's pray as we finish. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God we can trust, that you are our help and our shield. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you because you are the living God. You're not an idol, Lord. You're not. We're not giving our requests or our life to a block of wood or metal with a face. Lord, we're giving our lives over to the living God, the one who we want to become more like. So Lord, we pray that you would work in us, make us more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me, guys. And I'll see you again next week. It's to be with you.